Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Fast Women. I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And I am Nicole Wakelin. And today we are talking about all things, where is say small SUVs? I feel like they're small, small SUVs. Well, I'm going to go with small SUVs and one car. One like, car. Just I mean, in there for good measure. We're going to do the Toyota Highlander, which is not a small SUV, though we led with small SUVs. Um, we're going to talk about Toyota Corolla, the Land Rover Defender, but you drove the 90, not the 110, right? So that is a small SUV. It technically it's the two is door, the small not the four one. door. Yes. Or if we like the three door versus the five door, but that's a whole different discussion. It gets really um, confusing. And the Honda CRV, which is in fact a real small SUV. Ta-da! So actually, it's a compact, which is. Like oh, come on, row, Aileen, don't muddle the waters, don't muddle the waters. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> so we're going to kick it off today with the Toyota Highlander, which you and I flew to Nashville. Yes. Like, wait, where was I? I was where not in Spain or Italy. I was in Nashville. <laughs> you and I were together. We flew to Nashville to drive the Toyota Highlander, the Toyota Corolla, and there was one other vehicle, the Toyota Crown, but we can't yes. talk about the Crown this week. We can talk no. about the Crown next week. Yes. There were very many embargoes to different things. Corolla and, Crown, we can t- uh, Corolla and Highlander early Crown, they pushed off a bit, so you have to wait on that one. So we're going to talk about the Highlander first. The Highlander is a three-row SUV. It is not uh, all new this year, but it has a couple of new significant things. One of those new significant things is a 2.4 liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine for gas trims is now standard which means it has more get up and go. And there's other little things, but I kind of feel like that was the biggest part of it to me because it made it drive better. I thought it was significantly improved from the old Highlander experience. Your thoughts on that engine, Eileen? I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and you have the stats sitting right in front of you and I do not, but I believe it has less horsepower than the previous engine, but because of the turbocharging, because the way it's configured, it actually has more oomph. Like it feels yes. like you could actually get up and go better. I really liked it. I was actually impressed. And I remember you and I drove the original Highlander hybrid together in San Antonio about three years ago now. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, okay, you obviously get the hybrid. Um, right. But right. today I actually feel like, no, like this, this, uh, this new engine, which I believe they said is 50% uh, more efficient. I think which that's the right figure. Yeah. Which is a lot more efficient. Uh, is a tremendous buy, buy for buyers, a buy for buyers, a buy for customers, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. It's a tremendous, a tremendous engine. Um, if you don't want to go full hybrid on it, I think it's a really great addition. And I do think we're going to see the engine further in the Toyota lineup. They're not just developing it for one vehicle, um, but it's nice to see. And I think the 50% uh, more efficiency is good, right? Yes. Like that's less, that's yeah. less emissions. It's that's, a- it's all that stuff good for the environment so if you're not going with a hybrid you can still feel good about this and this one has 265 horsepower 310 pound feet of torque um if you get the hybrid the hybrid just as a comparison 243 horsepower 175 pound feet of torque and there's also there's a difference to where the gas engines get an eight-speed automatic transmission and the hybrids get a cvt continuously variable automatic transmission um that actually also adds to the difference. Like it's different driving a CVT than it is something that has a genuine automatic transmission with you know gears and stuff. So I vastly prefer the new turbocharged 2.4 liter in the Highlander. I think it makes it, you know, this is still a big SUV and this isn't like one of those performance SUVs that you have because those are a thing, but it is more responsive. It does make it more engaging. I liked it overall. And there were a couple other things. Like I feel like the big thing is the engine and that's the thing that you're going to notice the most, but they also get some upgrades. As one guy said to us, we were sitting, he's like, it's what, it's how it drives and what you're looking at. Cause you're also looking at the infotainment screen. So there's a 12.3 inch infotainment touchscreen on the limited and platinum trims, which is huge and actually makes, you know, when you get these big screens, especially if you've been driving with a small one, the small ones really are more difficult to use. A few, a little bit larger screen size makes them so much easier, especially if you start following navigation or something, but it just makes it easier to glance and see stuff. They're, they're less distracting because you're not like, wait, where is the button that I want? Like everything's really visible. So this gets a larger touchscreen, which is nice. Um, but that's, that's, I, I feel like that was the biggest news about it. Um, and I, I, I'm pro Highlander. I didn't dislike the Highlander before. So it's not like I had to come up and go, well, I like it now. I liked it to begin with. So um, I just like it better. How's that? It's better. I do. And I just got done driving the Kia Sorento, which is a direct competitor. Mm-hmm. And I very much like the new Highlander better than that Sorento. I think that's a that's kind of a good pot- uh, potatoes to potatoes. Apples to apples. Well, I like <laughs> potatoes to potatoes. <laughs> I'm going to say that for now on. <laughs> potatoes to potatoes. So we kind of buried the lead here. 
Yes. I mean, quite honestly, the um, the tornadoes that you and I experienced oh, uh, yeah. in Nashville is kind of the thing. And we also went to a tremendous coffee shop that had a waffle hanging from the ceiling. We so did. Like, we, so like Highlander, great. But hello, let's talk about the adventurous stuff. Okay, so I'm sitting there working away in my room, la la la, working because Eileen's flight has not arrived and I have to arrive early. I went and got Nashville hot chicken at Hattie B's and then I went back to my room and worked like one does. And um, I'm sitting there and someone's like, wow. Did you see there's a tornado? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and like, there's this line of, ang- you know, when you look at radar on a newscast, and you see a little line of dark green coming in, you have rain, or maybe it's a little bit yellow. It's just like this giant angry red line, like moving towards Nashville. And there's like three quarter inch hail and high winds and tornadoes. So of course I go to the 17th floor where they're hosting our little dinner and you can walk outside and I look and you can see this, the clouds doing a little spinny thing. Like you can literally see the, the turn. I'm like, oh, this is like what shows in those videos where like storm chasers do this on purpose i should probably not be standing outside in the 17th floor <laughs> so and you could see a couple little like what looked like they were trying to be little tornadoes sure enough so we went downstairs and then they made us go downstairs further and they were standing in the lobby and the power went out for like a couple of minutes went out a couple times that night um but no tornado but it was extremely dramatic and windy and sort of like Wow. Okay. So this is where I get to figure out what it's like to be a tornado. And there were warning sirens going off. And, and meanwhile, you were above it all in the air, hoping to someday land. I was not above it all. I was just physically above it all. (laughs) Um, You know, you look, and so I travel enough. I always look ahead for like, I I know the direction we're going to fly and the flight pattern. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to look and see what the weather is. And I looked over uh, Little Rock and I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. Oh, that's going to be coming to Nashville by the time we land. And so I'm watching and watching and we like did this really weird flight pattern where we were further south than we normally are. And then we were north and we were south. And I was like, oh, that's probably to avoid the bumps. And so we're going like, past Arkansas and like you could feel the bumps really start and I'm just like okay you know whatever like I've been on enough flights like that doesn't you're just like okay it's just bumpy there's a storm below us well then I'm looking and I'm like huh we've deviated a little bit from this flight path and this is about (laughs) the same time you start texting me and I'm like we're we're headed in a direction that is is closer to Atlanta than it is to Nashville (laughs) huh am I going home today or am I going going sideways quite literally And um and you know and Delta's always great. They always come on and they say, you know, we are respecting your safety and safety is our top priority. And you do truly feel that. Like they, you know, the airport closes, that's one thing. But you know, Delta pilots ultimately they get to choose whether or not they land right. uh, the plane, if it's safe or not. And and all pilots do. Like that's not they're not required to land the plane. They get to choose whether or not they <laughs> land the plane um for safety. So anyway, so I was really hoping we weren't going to go to Atlanta or Huntsville, which I have spent many a time sitting at a gate in Huntsville and not getting off the plane. Um, so I can't tell you anything about the airport, but the runway seems fine. Um, so anyway, <laughs> landed there. Um, we So we fly and we're flying, um, I guess, to get ahead of the storm so we can land. So it's we're going the opposite direction of the storm. So we landed. We, we're flying. If you know anything about Nashville, Mafreesboro is maybe 45 minutes south, due south of Nashville. So we're kind of aiming for that. The airport for Nashville is basically in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, we're not going the right direction. So we fly basically to Murfreesboro. We descend at what I would consider to be a rapid rate as a frequent flyer where it gets, you know, bumpier and bumpier. Like, well, this is this is a bit it wasn't alarming. You're just like, this is not the normal descent. Like we're, we're going in a little bit, a little bit hotter than we normally do. And um, we took a hard left turn. And by hard left turn, I mean, it was like the Freesboro was a four way intersection and we drifted around the corner to turn, <laughs> to turn left. And um, we, we, we got in, it was great. Um, they did come on once we landed safely and told us, you know, we were literally like 30 seconds away from them closing the airport <clears> and that the pilot had wanted to get us in, which explains yeah. the rapid descent and also the extremely hard hit. And then the, rapid breaking (laughs) as we got there that's always Um, fun yeah but we literally got there the lightning started the hail started it was just fantastic i do love a good a good rain shower as you're trying to get to your car it was very dramatic and um you know everybody on the plane was like not paying attention to what was going on and there were some people you and i both know like sitting around us because we were all going to this program and i'm like oh nicole just said that there's tornadoes oh nicole just said this people are looking at me like horrified oh the power's out in nashville like it's no big deal to us i'm like we're in the sky we're fine meanwhile on the ground running for our lives so speaking of fine let's talk about the corolla because it's that's fine, a pretty good right? segue. It's fine. The Corolla, so the Corolla also was there. Poor Corolla, the Corolla. It also showed up. Um, so <laughs> you're like, well, it was dragged behind the Highlander. <laughs> it was there. So the news for the Corolla is that the base engine is now the two liter four cylinder that was previously only on higher trims in the lineup. There used to be a, a less powerful base engine. 
So once again, we're talking about engine stuff. So that's good because the base engine before was not. So this is a big improvement and it, it does make it a more responsive, more engaging system uh, vehicle. They got added Toyota Safety Sense 3.0 is standard. There's now an eight inch infotainment touchscreen standard. Um, and for the hybrid trims, they're now available with all wheel drive, which wasn't something I think was available before. So there's, there's lots of little changes. Again, it's not an all new, it's not all new, but it's, it's, it's very new. Like there's a lot of new stuff in it. So you've got a, the thing with the Corolla, you want choices. This is your car. There's gas and there's hybrids. There's front wheel drive. There's all wheel drive. There's a sedan. There's a hatchback. Um, I feel like if they could have made, you know, uh, an SUV, a hot air balloon and a jet branded Corolla, they would have done it. <laughs> like, th- what else can we put the Corolla label on? So this is definitely a vehicle that there's lots of options. It's kind of hard because like the sedan and the the um, hatchback, like rear passenger room is very different between the two. Like if you have backseat passengers, sedan's a better choice. If you want the versatility for cargo, hatchback's a better choice. So they're they're like the same but different. Um, and, and it's an entry level car. It feels like an entry level car in that it's not flashy. Like you're not going to get the, you know, genuine oak wood from a farm in, you know, upstate New York or something and the fancy leather trims. You're not going to get that in a Corolla, but that's not where you're buying this. You're buying this because you want a, an affordable, fuel efficient vehicle that's either like sort of a starter car or like a commuter car that you just want something that does the job, does it efficiently, does it well, and also will hold up forever because Toyota. So you will get rid of the Corolla because you've just tired of it, not because the Corolla has given up on you. <laughs> right. It is It is something that you will bring home your first baby in and then your first baby will drive it right. as their first car. Exactly. I, you and I first drove this generation three years ago in Savannah, mm-hmm. Georgia. Um, and it is just as fuel efficient today as it was then. I mean, you and I were getting like 52, 54 miles per gallon out of yeah. the hybrid, which again, as a commuter car, it's a fantastic vehicle for that. Um, and it is, it's just fine. There's not anything really wrong with it. It's just fine. It's a Corolla. It wouldn't be my first choice, but if you've got to choose it and you're looking for something, it's not a bad, it's not a bad get, no. especially right now. This new generate or this new refreshed version is actually really good. Yeah, it does get the, the the bits and pieces they did to refresh it are nice. The the engine improvement, the safety, the the infotainment improvement, that kind of thing, it's all really good. Um, and it's 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 again, it's not like this. The only thing that's like sort of, I guess, a drawback because it looks it looks a little sportier than it is. Like it looks like it could be a little bit more fun to drive than it is. I think, especially like this little hatchback, it looks kind of fun, kind of cute, and you're like, ah, it's it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I think Toyota. that's a feature. I think that's a feature, that's a, a design feature. feature. Yeah, design. the design team's like, yes, we did it. And the, and the engineer team's like, we made a fuel efficient car. And the buyer's like, well, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I think so that's where it's, we settled. It's, and it's super affordable. Like I'm trying to scroll down and find prices. It runs from uh, the sedan is 21.5 to 26.7. So, and the hybrids are 22.8 to 26.6. So those are, that's an affordable vehicle. Like that's really affordable. So if you're on a tight budget, this is a great choice. And with the fuel economy, because gas prices keep going up and then down a teeny bit and then up and then down a teeny bit. So it's it's not going to be a great ride for gas prices anytime soon. I agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of great rides, when we get back from break, we'll talk about you going to Manchester, Vermont. We'll talk about maple syrup. Uh, because as one does and then we'll close it out today with talking about the honda crv and we'll do you're going to ask me some questions at the end which is exciting all right when we get back man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We are back for segment two of this episode of Fast Women, and we're going to hop right into it. We're going to talk about maple syrup, because you and I are huge maple syrup fans, yes. and it is fall, and it is going into winter, and it is pancakes, and muffins, and all things maple, and when I think of maple, I think of Vermont, I think of changing leaves, I think of being cold but huddled by a fire, <laughs> and I think I think of lumberjacks. Oh, which is too. not like a like flannel coat like flannel coated uh-huh. flannel men wearing flannel 
They're not like wet, wet flannel, like men wearing onesies and flannel with like onesie hats on. No, I'm thinking of like like men in flannel, and and I'm thinking of manly men in flannel. And you and I got to sip on some lumberjacks, and I don't mean the men to be very clear. I do yes. mean the drinks. Yeah. So. Uh, we have a friend named Tyson uh, from JD Power, and he lives in the Nashville area. And Nicole and I were headed there, and so we were like, "So, where do we go to local coffee shop?" And he was like, "Okay, you're going near near where I live. Like, this is the one you should go to. It's called Just Love. It is a local chain." Um, but I was sold because when I was looking at the photos online, they had a giant waffle hanging from the ceiling, like a plastic yes. waffle. And, and it I was wasn't like, even- it wasn't even a light. Like it wasn't serving a purpose other than like, no. hey guys, we can put a giant waffle on the ceiling. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> I am down for that. Like any yep. place that has the chutzpah to do that, I'm good with. So so we went there and the staff, first of all, was absolutely lovely. We went to the Brentwood location. The staff was fantastic. Um, it was in a shopping plaza and as one does and all the seats were taken basically by people sitting there and working and it was like 9 30 in the morning like it wasn't mm-hmm. early and it, it was kind of midday um but people were ordering things it wasn't just like they were taking up space like they do at starbucks so like you know the food's good if people who sit there are willing to pay for it and so um we got there we got um a lumberjack latte which was uh espresso yes milk yes cinnamon i think so and cinnamon and there was like some nutmeg or something in there yeah, wasn't a little there? sprinkling of stuff yeah yeah it was really good it tasted like fall well the, the best part is how we ordered it though because yes I, because eileen ordered hers and the woman's like you know what size and hot or cold and blah 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 so then i'm trying to put it all together in one word and when i actually said and didn't realize i said it until i got to the counter was i'll take a tall hot lumberjack <laughs> is what i Which asked I, her for. we were all, all all four of us women saying they were like yes i will thank like, you very much i don't think i've ever <laughs> ordered that in my life but sure yeah i will yeah. take a tall hot lumberjack and then it was funny because one of the people behind the counter was like you know it's tasty as well so it's all hot tasty lumberjack for nicole and eileen right. separate ones of course mm-hmm. um, yes. but i i thoroughly enjoyed it i enjoyed the experience i will be heading back to just love when i am in nashville next and i have to say i got a bag of coffee beans because i was short on yes. coffee so i got some and i actually have ground a small portion of those coffee beans and had them a quite good coffee like it's really good the bag of coffee i got was tasty so their coffee is genuinely yummy so I took some home and I will enjoy that, but not a tall hot lumberjack, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> I hope your husband listens to this episode. <laughs> the only part is, okay, it's just the lumberjack part. Technically, he's missing. How's that? <laughs> he does Even, have a pile of wood in your garage, though. So yes. I feel like <laughs> random wood because you never know when you're going to need that spare three foot two by four for something. Okay. <laughs> I feel like everyone has spare wood. Like, it's just what it is. It's you spare have, wood if, you, in the if you have a house and you have a garage, you've got random, it's like, I don't know. I might need that one inch piece of leftover wiring from a project I did 10 years ago. You keep that stuff because you just don't know. It's it's like all the spare parts you get from Ikea. Like yes. there is, we have all those. I haven't bought anything from Ikea in a decade, but I have so many Allen wrenches. But if you do and they forget to include an Allen wrench in the package, you're good to go, Eileen. See? Exactly. Thinking exactly. Ahead. So you used your whole toolbox of, of know-how for navigation and adventure in the Defender event you went to. Defender has this event, Defender Land Rover has this event that they call the Defender US Trophy Competition. And it, you drive, drive little Defender Trophy Edition vehicles and you are in Manchester, Vermont. There are several Land Rover experience centers in the country. The one that this is run at is the one in Manchester, Vermont, which is about a two hour-ish drive for me. So it's not that far. So you drive up there and in teams of two, you're competing in this event. Now, this isn't a typical media drive where it's just media. This is an event that owners of the Defender Trophy Edition are able to compete in. You have to have one of these as an owner in order to compete. But they had a little tiny team of media. There was a team from the US, a team from Canada. Uh, There were a couple other teams that were from different outlets that we competed sort of for kicks and giggles. But the people who were competing who were the owners actually have the chance to win something kind of cool. Like they can get a trip to the UK for this experience, like the one grand prize winner, they fly them out. So there's some like stuff it stake if you're an owner for the media it was just this is this is craziness that i'm going to do today um so and it was crazy so landover did say like okay guys so you're going to be this is like an outdoor thing you're going to be off-roading you're going to be doing some you know there's some physical like you need to be physical and do this it's not like you're just sitting inside your your defender the whole time 
I got to be able to walk and hike and do all this. And I'm like, cool, 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 I'm down. So I get there though. And the first thing they have you do, I'm like, wait, did I sign up for the amazing race by accident? Cause I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> so, I saw some photos of you. It was very amazing race like. Okay. So it was at this beautiful place. It was at the um, Equinox Golf Resort and Spa. And we kind of go in the back there, but they don't hand you your key. You got to go get it, which means you got to hike up into the mountainy hills behind it. And you go to assert, you have a little clues on your little map and you find the clue and the clue one brings you to clue two brings you to clue three eventually brings you to a clue that's on <clears throat> a little lake and there's a float at the like out a little bit in the lake like you would swim to in the summer when it's not 45 degrees um you would swim to this and then but you can't because it's 45 degrees and we're in clothes so they have this like floaty bridge thing set up like imagine it's like a mat it's, it's a like mat. a, it's a mat. mat it's basically mm-hmm. a floating mat which would be great um in the summer, 45 degrees. If I mentioned it was 45 degrees, it was 45 degrees, Eileen. You're, you're bitter about that temperature. I can it, hear it in your well, voice. Because, you know what? Because you have to run across this thing. And I'm like, I have to run across that to get when the keys are at the end and they have your team number and you got to grab the key that's your team. And you sink a little bit as you run. Like you, you can't just walk because you will just sink like probably a, like a foot or so into the water. Like you won't sink all the way down, but you're going to be in the water. So of course, because I'm the super coordinated human that I am and I'm watching people falling, I have braced myself. I've taken off my coat. I've taken my phone out of my pocket, my watch, like all the things that could be destroyed are sitting on a bench there. And I attempt to run and it's really like a run, fall, flail situation. And I get to the float <laughs> and I get my key and then I have to run, fall, flail back and I fall and I'm like if I get up there is a chance that as you lose your balance you take a header into the lake like have a nice swim but I'm already on my hands and knees I've got water like in my boots or swimming and I'm like well if I just crawl (laughs) it's not going to get any worse (laughs) if I crawl I've maintained this particular status of soaking wet and freezing so I crawl all the way across so you get and then you have to walk I think it was about a half a mile back to the hotel with your key in hand and you can start the driving part but Literally, Eileen, I am soaked up to my waist. I mean, soaked to the point that each step is like squish, squish, squish (laughs) inside of my boots. I don't have more boots. I have more pants, which I did run into the hotel and change out of because they were soaking wet. Like you could wring them out. I was so wet. I saw the photo of you. Like it was, you were like, I have light colored denim on. I was like, that denim looks black. Yeah. And then and then I got the f- photo from our friend who was with you and it was like, Nicole fell in the lake. I'm like, oh, that explains it. Yeah. And I love that he was like, you fell in the lake. I'm like, let's clarify. I wasn't just walking along and like the whole fell in a lake. They made me <laughs> run into a lake on a mat that I was incapable. Like my skill set is not athleticism, people. That is not it. But I did it. So then we did the part that was like the, the, the more defender part. And as much as I'm complaining about it, it was really stupidly fun. Like we're all running through the hills and it was, there's this great camaraderie where all of these bright orange like little pinny things with our team numbers so we all look like traffic cones it was hilarious anyway so now we have our keys and now we have like you have certain areas where you have different events there's a timed like a speed time distance drive where they hand you a little book and you have to know you know it's like maybe once like 25 minutes you get points for that then you have a thing where they have you pull into this very tight circle it looks like a bunch of pool noodle situation and you have to turn like an 800 point turn to get out as quickly as you can without hitting the little a little uh, flags. There was things, then they had to do things that again had nothing to do with anything. I'm like, again, amazing race. I had to, we had to build a flag stand, like a flagpole. And you had three stakes like you'd put in the ground. And then you had a pool noodle and some rubber bands and a flag that you had each made a team flag. Um, you had to build this little flagpole with this stuff and then hang your flag. So it didn't touch the ground and they had, to, it had to stand there for 20 seconds. And then if it, it then they measured how tall it was. That is, again, a job for engineering man, my husband, not a job for Nicole. But um, so we did that. And then there was actual driving stuff. So we did some driving stuff. You had to drive through this um, this towing thing where you towed a trailer and it was ridiculously tight turns and you had to not hit the cones. There was a thing where you had to look at a little map and it had like a grid, like little dot, 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 dot. And it had arrows through it. And you had to look at it, memorize it, put it down and then lead your teammate through to driving through that. Um, oh, I received a photo of you memorizing the map. I yes. do recall this now. <laughs> it was, it was a, a very <laughs> uninteresting photo until I received the explanation of what the hell you were and doing. I think there's a picture of me like standing there amid all these cones, like pointing like this way. That was me trying to get him to drive that way. So, yes. um, and then there was some more, there was some off-road stuff. One of them was like all these pulleys. You had to hook up pulleys 
they had it like around a tree and to the front of the defender. And then you had to physically pull the defender, I don't know, maybe like five feet. But the pulleys and physics make it so that you can actually do it without being She-Hulk. Um, so we had to do like that. We did that. There was a thing where you had a high, high lift, high, high lift jack. I think I'm saying it right. Suddenly I'm drawing mm-hmm. a brain crime. Mm-hmm. I lift Jack. You had to do some stuff with that. You had to go through these, you know, these sort of like obstacles where you had to put planks and stuff, and the, like typical off-roady stuff. Um, but it was what was kind of fun too is, and I have to give them a lot of credit. There's owners doing this and they've signed up to do this for the fun, the challenge, whatever. But these, so these aren't necessarily like professional, hardcore, off-road you know, enthusiasts, these are just normal defender owners who wanted to go have fun with their car. They were some of the best parts of this whole thing because they were so enthusiastic and so excited and they are so, they're such fans of their cars and fans of their brand. It's really kind of neat to see that enthusiasm from owners. I love that. Especially, I mean, like when you and I talk about meeting people who own the cars that we're driving Mm -hmm. and and you see the enthusiasm from them, whether it be at this event or like when I was driving Lamborghinis through Italy and you like the roadside crews were so excited. They were cheering as we went by. Like, I love that enthusiast passion. And it's not just at car shows. People have passion all over the globe for different cars, for different reasons. And especially the quirky ones, those people that love little old Citrons for like no good reason. Like, I love them too. Like, I love the different types of passion people have. And I think it's great when they do something really cool like this. It's really, and Um, this is cool. I want to give a shout out to one other quick They have a thing called Destination Defender that they're doing November 12th, and it's in upstate New York. And it is like just a celebration of all things Defender. You don't have to own a certain one. Technically, I guess you don't even have to own one. You could go. They have events. They're giving away a bunch of money to a bunch of charities that you can go online and you can vote for these charities to to help decide who's going to get. I think it's like five thousand dollars. One gets even more. Like so, they're they're doing a they're doing a good deed in terms of Land Rover doing a deed, but they're also creating this fun event for its, for all their Defender owners. So if you look up Destination Defender 2022, you can get all the details on it. If I had a Defender as close as I am to that, I'd be super compelled to go because, again, it's fun. And it's all people who are Land Rover, Defender, Range Rover fans who are going to be there. So that kind of enthusiasm you can only get when you take people who are all into the same car. It's it's probably going to be a really good time. Well, that sounds awesome. And I love the charitable aspect of it Yeah, all. yeah. One thing I will not be charitable about is the Honda CRV. So we'll talk about that <gasps> when we get back. Okay. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, back for segment three of this episode of Fast Women. And we are going to talk about Santa Barbara, California a little bit. Okay. Because I love Santa Barbara. I do. I know you enjoy Santa Barbara. Um, I love Santa Barbara. Um, I stayed at a different hotel than I thought I was staying at, which is like a whole thing. And you know how like you're mentally prepared, like especially as much as you and I travel, you're like, oh, I know the hotel I'm going to. And this is about where in the city it is. And you kind of look to see if there's a coffee shop nearby that's open. Okay, so I thought I was going to the Kimpton Santa Barbara that I had been to before for the Hyundai Ionic launch a number of years ago. Yes. I went to the Kimpton Santa Barbara, but now it's not cold. It's not the same hotel anymore. Like it's a completely different hotel in a completely different part of town. They've sold the old Kimpton Santa Barbara which is now called the Lita Santa Barbara, which is in Goleta, which is where you and I went before. Yeah. It is part of the tapestry collection by Hilton. It is no longer that. It is now the Kempton Canary Santa Barbara, a totally different hotel. And so like I arrived and I was just thrown off, right? So it's not like they're just like, you know, like a, a difference between like a comfort inn and like a Motel 6. No, this is like the one I thought I was going to was an old motel that they had made into this like retro, really cute, like records like records and a cute bar and outdoor pool and they just made it retro and new and fun that's what i thought i was going to instead i went to like a more traditional hotel that's just in like the spanish style and you walk in there's tile everywhere that hasn't had its grout cleaned Mm -hmm. the whole city of santa barbara needs a good grout cleaning but that's beside the point um (laughs) it was fine like it just it just wasn't expected but the thing that i did not care for is that my bed literally was five feet off the ground I so had did to, you have jump. to jump to get into I bed. I had to physically jump. I am five six. I had to physically jump into bed. 
every time I needed to. And I was like, at one point I was looking at my phone and I leaned over like you would like, I don't know, at a table in your house. And I realized I was leaned over the bed. And I was just like perched on it. Like it was like <laughs> midsection high. And like, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, this bed is too, this bed is too high. Like like the Goldilocks and the three bears. I, I, it was, the hotel was fine. It was, I mean, it was fine. It was a Kimpton. It just wasn't Kimpton I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I don't know. I had to adjust my mindset and then the bed was too high. And it was just like a whole thing. Like my brain just didn't do well. Like it was just like this. It was it a was Monday and like it had set the whole week. Like that, that right there, I was like, okay, I know what the rest of the week is going to be like now. Like I just know. So anyway, so Kimpton, Canary, it's fine. Like my, my, I think there'd been a different bed in there before because there were like all these scratches on the floor next to where the bed used to be. And it was like a different dimensions, which mm-hmm. is like, okay, but it's just weird. Like, it was just weird. Like, it was fine. I don't know if I'd pay my own money to stay there. I think I would stay at a different hotel in Santa Barbara. Okay, fair there's enough. A lot of, there's a lot there's, of good hotels in Santa so Barbara. There's so many choices of places to stay. There's such cute, fun, quaint places there too, so. There is. And so one of the places we went to was called Carousel House, which you'll have to look this up as we talk about Ooh, it. Okay. But you really up. appreciate it. Okay. So Carousel House is a rental facility down by the water. It's next to the Funk Zone, which if you know about Santa Barbara, you know about the Funk Zone. If you don't Google it, it's not trashy. It's just a part of their history. Um, it's really cool. Like it's where this where the carousel used to be. And it's this old kind of mission style building. Ooh, and it's pretty. It's really pretty, and it's kind of like, like a g- mixture of greenhouse and old carousel house, but it's new. Like, they redid it in, like, the late 90s, so it's still, like, in good shape, um, but they had that out, and so we were there to drive the new CRV, the sixth generation, 2023 Honda CRV, and they put the first generation CRV in the carousel house, like, where oh, the carousel Lord. used to Did be. It looked totally, like... It's like a totally, it's just so different. And it's so weird. So they had it there and it was perfectly clean. Like it was like not an inch of rust on it. The paint was perfect. It's what you want it to be. So, you know, Lynn from Honda was like, you can get in it. And I was like, "Uh, okay. And so I get in it. (laughs) And a couple of things stood out to me. And like, you can get in old vehicles, but when you get in something that's like, everybody had one. It was so popular. So you're like, everybody had this. And this used to be common. So two things that stood out to me was number one, the cruise control button. Now, when you look at the first generation CRV, the driver's side vent on the dashboard on the left hand side of the driver next to that vent is a button that says cruise control that you would have to press to activate cruise control. And it was funny because I'm looking and like I was talking with our friend Larry was there with us and it was Larry and Lynn and I and I was like, what is that button for? Like, what is it for? So I'd hold my phone up to it because it didn't have like battery power. It wasn't turned on. So I held to hold my phone up with a flashlight on to read the like script to see it was the cruise control button. And okay. I like, totally forgot that was a thing. I'm trying to remember because I literally don't remember the year, but we had a Honda CRV back in that day with the little table that popped out of the back. Yes, yes, there uh-huh. was a table. So this was trying, first generation. I'm thinking I had a first gen CRV. I don't remember the exact year, but was, that would have been about right. I'm looking at the years, 97 so it was to not, one. Yeah, it would have been a 97 model year. So, we yeah. had a first gen CRV. It was <clears throat> it was red. It was lovely until my husband killed it. He just drove it into the ground. <laughs> Russ has his bed. It's like, oh, so I should change the oil. Probably. And it's not that he doesn't know that he needs to do it. It's just like it's on his giant to-do list. I'm like, so 50,000 miles. Can we change that oil now? So he's just hard on cars. He's better now than he was. But when we were younger, he's very hard on cars. But we had this with the table. We used the table. I miss the tape. That was the coolest, like, oh, what are we going to put this stuff? Wait, hark, I have a table in my car. <laughs> it, it is surprisingly spacious. And mm-hmm. I mean, because it's far less safe than the vehicles today, it doesn't have, you know, the high strength steel and, and the airbags, like all that stuff that new vehicles have that make them a little bit thicker. But it's surprisingly spacious. The back yep. seat's fantastic. Um, Larry, our friend, and another gentleman that you know that I won't mention on air, um, they sat and ate together at that table at the dinner, which was just so funny. Oh, and I would it, have eaten at that table. I had picnics on one of those tables. <laughs> Many a picnic, I tell you. Okay. So anyway, so yeah. So old CRV, fantastic. It was great to kind of see the difference. New CRV, even better. I know I said I wouldn't be charitable with it, but it was a lie. It was freaking fantastic. Um, this vehicle is right out of the gate, best in class. I have no question. Wow. I don't, I, and I've driven, we, we've driven everything else. It's top competition, Toyota RAV4, Mazda CX-5, Ford Escape, Subaru Forester, that that class of vehicles 
this is best in class. And it's not best in class by a little bit. It is best in class by a lot. Well, like, and it is know, a phenomenal vehicle. I am genuinely not surprised that you say that because I didn't get a chance to drive this yet, but I had, I drove with the launch and had actually this week, it's still in my driveway, the HRV, which is smaller. The HRV, the difference they made between the prior one and this one is huge. They made such giant leaps forward. It is so much nicer to drive. So the fact that they made the CRV that much better, it doesn't surprise me because they already did it with the HRV. So my expectation was they're going to do the same thing. They're going to take those same giant leaps forward. They're going to make it better. They're just going to improve on what was already a decent car to begin with. They're going to make it better. So I'm not surprised that it is great. It is fantastic. Everything from the design of it. I mean, it just looks better. The old one had this like bulldog like under, but it was bad. Yeah. Like, let's just call it for what it is. It was bad. New one, fantastic. It looks forward. It is approachable. It's good looking. You look at it, you're not ashamed to be driving it. And actually one of the product planners was talking to us and he was like, you know, I don't want to go out in the parking lot and be like, oh, I'm getting in a CRV. I want to go out in the parking lot and be like, that's my CRV. And mm-hmm. I feel like this does it. And it doesn't look like, everything else on the market but it does look more like the new civic and it looks more like the accord and that's fine like you can see the family resemblance but they don't look exactly alike like nissan's look exactly alike in a lot of ways um this does not follow that mode it's fantastic so anyway so they still have the hybrid and they still have the gasoline engine um they've changed about both of them and they no longer have you know the crv hybrid and the crv gas like it's all one Mm -hmm. you just choose which powertrain you want right so there's there's four grades two are hybrid two or not like it makes it pretty easy for you which is great like more people please listen this is this is kia please listen to this like this would be fantastic for you (laughs) for you to figure out um and and just some things that really stood out to me were that um like well let me find my pages okay so with the hybrid with all-wheel drive 40 miles per gallon in the city 34 on the highway 37 miles per gallon combined Mm -hmm. yeah with the two-wheel drive hybrid, 43 MPG city, 36 miles per gallon on the highway, 40 combined. Yeah. I know I have a Subaru Forester. It gets 30 on the highway if I'm lucky. Yeah. Like, that's a tremendous gap. That's, in, yeah. it, that's that's That is, that is with gas prices, with people who are running this around and, and you know, stop and go with dropping your kids off and running errands. That fuel efficiency makes a huge difference in the hybrid. And to me... Besides the fact it's better to drive, it has more horsepower, or it, it's just a better engine in general. Um, I, I don't see why you wouldn't buy the hybrid. Yeah. No, and I think a, I, hybrids are great. I mean, there's like, there was a time when it just in terms like hybrids, the pricing used to be so drastically different that when you look at the hybrid versus the gas version of a given vehicle and you like do those mental calculations to figure out how much you would save versus whether it was worth it. Now as the pricing is getting closer and closer between hybrid and gas vehicles and with gas prices just going so high, hybrids, man, they're where it's at. Yeah, and so I believe that it is the base model is about 31 and the so you go base model, you go ba- base model gas, base model hybrid, which is like $1000 more, then you right. go mid you go higher grade gas, which is like another 1000. Then if you want to top it all out with like all the features, all the safety features, all the infotainment features and the hybrid, then you get to about 38. Which really isn't bad. Like for the package you get, it's actually really good. Um second row has a ton of room and it has a really cool feature so in the hybrid you get a b mode which i don't know if you've ever driven a car with a b mode the new the bmw ix has it um but what it is is it's called a braking mode and it's for regenerative regenerative braking for one pedal driving Mm -hmm. but the difference between the b mode and the one pedal driving in a traditional vehicle is that it will not come to a stop so it will slow you use your what is traditionally paddle shifters but in here it, it adjusts how much regen um, and you can drive that in B mode. And they included it on the hybrid because their thought is we want to get people used to it because we're moving to electric vehicles and electric mm-hmm. vehicles have a, have one pedal driving. Right. And so this can kind of can kind of be the intermediary and get people used to it. If you've never driven with it, it can be a bit of an adjustment, like take it to a road where you where you've got some space between cars. But once you get used to it, which happens very quickly, it is phenomenal. It's and, just like, and Honda has done a really good job with this. It, 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 it's not jarring. Like there's some cars you get in. It's like you, like the Polestar 2 that you and I were in was just like awful. With mm-hmm. the, it, we were jerking back and forth. Yeah. This is a very natural slowdown process. And you do feel comfortable hitting the brake. And when you hit the brake, unlike cruise control, it doesn't take it out of B mode. 
It keeps it in B mode. It's just that you're mm-hmm. adding more stopping power, which is also a nice feature. And it's good with any of these with like the, the B mode that Eileen is describing, or if you do one pedal driving the first time you do that, they are one of those things the first time you try it, you're like, this is awful. I hate this. For the first five seconds, you're like, this is awful. I feel like I'm driving like a new driver. I can't brake smoothly. Just give yourself a minute. You already know how to drive. So you just basically have to modulate. It's kind of like when you get into a car with a manual transmission, for those of you who drive one, Every manual transmission is a little bit different and it takes you a few seconds to figure out exactly where the pressure point is on that clutch so you have a nice smooth shift. And your first couple shifts might not be super smooth because you're still, but once you get it, you're like, okay, I know where it is in this car, I'm good. It's kind of like that with anything where the car is braking that way with that one pedal driving or with the braking mode. It just takes a little time for you to get used to it. Once you get used to it, it becomes completely intuitive and it's really actually a cool feature. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that cosine. Um, two things I'd be remiss if I did not uh, include on here. One is that it is the quietest CRV I've ever been in. Mm. They improved the quietness so much between just structure and insulation, other things. It's it's really quiet. It's genuinely quiet. With a car with a CVT, you don't usually hear that about. It is quiet. Um, the second is the seats are very comfortable, which having been in the last generation CRV, I think that was my biggest complaint and I complained about it every time I got in it. And I think Honda was sick of hearing about it. <laughs> Honda, if you are listening, good these job. seats are really good, really good. And they're comfortable. And I drove by myself straight through. So I didn't really stop for like four hours and my butt was not tired. And it's not because my butt is of such a size that it has enough of a cushion. It is because it is comfortable. Like they've done a good job with that. And and I think that those are kind of the things that people are looking for. Good cargo space, good second row, leg, hip and shoulder room, um, fuel efficient, comfortable seats, quiet drivability. And the interior is modern. It's very similar to the Civic, um, but it's easy to use and it's got physical buttons. Yeah. So you can reach up and just turn down the volume and you can reach over and just scan for your next station if you want to. And I know people program them in. It's not a button they use a lot, but you know what I do. And so for me, I like that having that button option and I, I, I just really enjoy it. I think they did a heck of a job with it. And it is to me best in class right now. I would not recommend anyone buy anything other than the new CRV and it is on sale now. Yay. It is. It's already out this very minute. I believe it is out right now That's as we nice. speak. As we and speak, you can now, go run down and buy one. I did hear that 50% of them coming out of the factory are already sold. So oh, good luck finding one. Yeah, but no if surprise. You, but I do think that there are probably ones at dealers that you can test drive. And it is a vehicle to me that is worth the wait, you know, the six, eight week wait, whatever it is. Um, go out and test drive a new CRV if you were in the market for a compact SUV. It is absolutely fantastic. I And we drove it like, we drove it mountains. We drove it highway. We drove it through streets in downtown Santa Barbara. Kind of all those driving conditions. Um, really impressed. Also, I wouldn't get the gas model. I know it's a little cheaper. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You'd stick with the hybrid. I, I would stick with the hybrid. The gas model is louder. It's not as easy to drive. It doesn't have as much weight, I think. And so it just feels like it's a little more flimsy. I, I just didn't care for it. Like I just got in, I was like, nope, nope, hybrid, 100% hybrid. <laughs> no, and, and that's not always the case. Like we talked about Highlander, like we prefer the gas model. Yeah. This, yeah, I just, I drove it and I was unimpressed with the gas edition. Okay. So don't spend Fair your enough. money. Get yourself a, a, a a hybrid and enjoy enjoy your honda crv uh hybrid though it's not called the honda crv hybrid and uh let us know how you feel about it because i think you'll enjoy it there you go all right so we will break there we'll come back with scorecard nicole's going to ask me some questions and i will give my unfiltered unbiased opinion which i know many of you enjoy at least i do (laughs) what makes a life a good one Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, we're back. It's the scorecard, and this time I get to ask the questions. I put Eileen in the hot seat, and she has to answer all the questions. Are you ready, Eileen? My seat is hot, and I am ready. You are ready. Okay, so because we started off talking about this, we're going to start off the scorecard with it, too. You're getting a Corolla. Are you getting the sedan or the hatchback? Oh, I have to get a Corolla? You are getting a Corolla. (laughs) 
are you getting the okay. sedan or hatchback? <laughs> That's literally I, what my note says. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say I'm going to say I'm gonna get the sedan. Why? Because I feel like it makes a better Uber for me. So suddenly you're Ubering because <laughs> you have like a Corolla, gonna, you're now I, Ubering. If I, if I have to buy a Corolla, I'm going to be, it's because I'm an entrepreneur and going to use it for travel. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not going to buy a Corolla for any other reason. Sorry. Sorry, Toyota. I'm not. Like, but okay. if I feel like if I had a Corolla hybrid sedan mm-hmm. and I had it and I was an Uber driver getting my 54 miles to the gallon, I would be pretty happy with it. You'd be making bank. Okay. So Uber drivers, I, I would, Lyft drivers, there you go. Buy the Corolla sedan. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the way I feel about it. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, next one. Waffles Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Pancakes? While I appreciate that a waffle is just a vessel for maple syrup, and I do like maple syrup, I'm a pancakes person. And can I tell you that when I am feeling ill and I'm sick, the only thing I want are Cracker Barrel pancakes. Cracker Barrel and pancakes. They actually have a specific flavor. They're kind of a like a yeah, they're distinct. Cracker they are distinct. Pancakes. And it's like it's like I assume like if I ever had a baby, which I will not, but if I ever had a baby, like that's what I would crave would be Cracker Barrel pancakes. Because when Cracker I'm sick, Barrel I want nothing more than Cracker Barrel pancakes. And so like the moment I start to like turn the corner and I feel comfortable being out in public, my husband graciously takes me to get Cracker Barrel pancakes. Aww. It's like his thing for me. I know, I do like him, despite the fact that, and we had an active discussion, he wasn't thrilled about me asking if he would come on vacation with me in a two episodes ago. <laughs> well, I just I made my husband like feel him. a little, I made my husband feel a little awkward about tall, hot lumberjacks, so there we go. All right. So, okay, the next one. So you're picking a place for a little weekend getaway. It can be with or without Phil. Um, are you going to, are you going to Nashville? Or are you going to Manchester, Vermont? Or or the town, like a nice pretty town in Vermont. It doesn't have to be Manchester. I was saying that because of Land Rover. But if like Stowe or something, wherever, whatever, cutesy little Vermont town. Because you know Vermont, so. I do. I would go to Vermont in a heartbeat. I would always choose Vermont. Vermont. And I love Nashville, um, except for the Woo Girls. The Woo Girls. Woo. Um, not a big fan of the Woohoo Girls. Um, having done both, actually, um, I choose Vermont for many, many reasons. The not the least of which is I can actually from my house drive to Nashville for lunch if I really felt ambitious because it's only like three and a half hours. So I feel like that's more like a day trip for me. So I would choose, I would choose to fly to Burlington and stay in Burlington or go to Manchester or go to Middlebury or any of the lovely cities in Vermont um, and the wineries and the maple syrup and the lumberjacks. That's where I'm at. Okay. Those are all very solid reasons for picking Vermont over Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. The next one. It's kind of still on the Vermont thing a little bit. Okay, you've gone to a restaurant. You've asked for the real maple syrup. They do not have it. You do not choose to get up and leave the restaurant, but you have to make a choice. Do you go with the fake maple syrup or do you go just forget it? I'm not putting maple syrup on my pancake at all. So I love the fact that you actually told me you can't just get up and leave because I would just be like, (laughs) no. Um, So I don't think I would, I think I would change my order. Oh. I think I would be like, no, I'll take a salad now because you've ruined me. So you would um, rather have it. So, so you're kind of still like, it's nothing. You're either like, I want the real stuff or I'm not yeah, even getting no. something requires syrup. No, I can't. No, I can't do fake maple syrup. I'm sorry, Mrs. Butterworth. I cannot, I cannot enjoy your syrup. It's just, it's, I feel like my father would come to wherever we are and he would scream at me and be like, yeah. I did not raise you like this. My, my daughter misses real maple syrup so much that she buys a whole jug of it when she's home and takes it back with her to Wisconsin. I 100% buy a gallon. I buy a gallon of it and I fly with it. And when I go to check my bag, I tell them it's a gallon of maple syrup because I know they're going to open the bag. So I pack it like right on the top in the middle. So when they open it, it's sitting right there for them. Maple syrup. Yeah, and I'm just like, it is a gallon of maple syrup. And I have on more than one occasion had the had the um, Delta check-in person go, oh, of course it is. Like, no, nobody's asking questions. She's right. just like, well, of course it's what we do. That's yes, what you do I, when you we, come to Vermont, duh. I, I have a gallon of maple syrup. I even have a maple syrup special uh, pourer in my house. Like, people have a gravy boat. I have a maple syrup boat. I that have, is actually like, it's like a, a mug for maple yeah. syrup, but it has Vermont maple syrup on the side, and there's like a leaf, and... My dad got it for me and I love it. And I use it all the time. Mine is actually mine. I saved from one of the times I bought maple syrup. It looks like a giant, it's glass and it looks like a giant maple leaf. (gasps) It's actually a maple leaf syrup pour. I don't even remember what syrup was originally in it because I just use that as my syrup 
thing. You're talking about syrup. You know what I crave with the maple syrup? My mother always used to put it in a pot of hot water on the stove and warm it. Like she put the whole glass container in there and be toasty maple syrup. It'd be warm maple syrup to put in your stuff. Oh. It was we, really good. Uh, you don't have any more questions for me, right? I have one more. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to tie this all up in a bow. Oh, wait. But get, okay. One, two, three, four. Well, I, I have one more. So I, was, I can cut the last question if you want to no, tie no, it No, no, no. No, no. I was going to tie it up in a little bow, but real quick, I'll tell you. So my friend Craig has a coffee shop inside of the Rolls-Royce Bentley dealership in Brentwood, Tennessee, outside yes. of Nashville. Okay. And he, every time I go there, makes me a special uh, latte that is a maple syrup latte. Ooh. And I don't know, and I've watched him make it. I don't know 100% what he does to it, even though I used to work at Starbucks, so I kind of have an idea. Um, but he makes it for me. It's hot and it's foamy. It's got a little Rolls Royce logo on it, which I enjoy. Which makes it taste better. Yes. And Craig's Sip Coffee, SYP Coffee. um, I love going to visit him because I love looking at the cars. I love talking to him. But he makes the best little maple syrup latte thing. And that's just my shout out to Craig because I love his little thing. Uh, His coffee. His coffee. I love his little latte and coffee shop. To be very clear when I said that, that is exactly what I meant. (laughs) All right. Go ahead and get out of that awkward moment. Your last (laughs) question, because you went to a carousel, former location of a carousel to have... Uh, for your for your trip with the Honda, would you rather ride a Ferris wheel or merry-go-round? Uh, I think a merry-go-round. Yeah, because I can more easily run away. This is a really <laughs> weird reason. Like I feel like in <laughs> a Ferris wheel, you're trapped with the people yes. that you're in there with, and they're not always the people that you choose to come to the Ferris wheel with. And okay. you're kind of like, and I hate just like, so I like going around and seeing things. And there's one actually by my hometown where it's on a bluff and you can look out into the lake and it's gorgeous. But then okay. like, it's stop and go, and stop and go, and stop and go. And like, I feel like on the America round, I can just choose to leave. Like, I don't have to, like, like I'm old enough. You could just I don't have jump to wear the little off seat in buckle. desperation. Yeah, I'm just you like, just you know like, what? Forget it. Yeah, like, I'm just out. Like, I've, I've ridden around in a circle enough times on this dragon. I'm ready to get away. Like, I don't know. I don't know why the fleeing is a big part for me. But I just, I probably should, like, call a therapist and discuss that. I have an idea. But I, like, <laughs> What happened when you were like, a child, Eileen? <laughs> I feel like I just don't want to have that be a thing. So, yes, the fact that I'm more easily able to flee is exactly where I am at. Okay, well, that's it. Those are all my questions now. Okay, well, that's all I've got. We both have to go fly to Detroit separately. And we do. I have to go. I have to go there and shop at the Spank store. So though your flight gets in ten minutes after mine, you might see me in Detroit. I might see you running out of the Spank <laughs> store across in the Sky Club. Okay. <laughs> and then we are going. We should preview what you and I are actually going to go do. So when we leave Detroit on Tuesday, we are going to fly to. Washington D.C. We are going to pick up an Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quadrifoglio, and we are going to go car race all weekend. Yeah, um, we're going to do days. a rally thing. Yeah, it should be really cool. We've got we're we're looking forward to I bought little black sneakers so I know I'm I'm on team team fast women fast we're going to be all coordinated. Yeah. Yeah. We are. We're going to dress coordinated. It's going to be very fun and the mm-hmm. next episode of Fast Women will actually be with us on the road. So we will do a little bit of an episode after every day of racing, and we'll take you with us on the journey, tell you about the car, yes. tell you about our experience, uh, tell you about our outfits, probably, because that's what we do. Because <laughs> we're yeah, women. That's, that's what, what we do. do. Right. That's the kind and of stuff probably, we talk about. And there's probably no lumberjacks on this episode. So anyway, thank you Aww. for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.